All right, so the big news uh, is that impeachment has come. Okay, it is. It's done. And uh, the great, brilliant minds on the Democrat Party have decided that they're going to go forward with this impeachment, never mind that it will lead to absolutely nothing, never mind that it's not only going to be not, uh, it won't result in a conviction in the Senate, which they have to have, but Trump is going to use this as, uh, as a showcase to show how perfect his call was and how right he was and how wrong the Democrats were. And he's going to bring in Adam Schiff and all the other uh, bad boys associated with this case. Uh, and, and it's going to look devastating. Even Saturday Night Live got this right. Uh, they were joking around saying, okay, once this impeachment goes through, you know, so only the Democrats are going to be able to manage to have two devastating losses in one year, right? Meaning, of course, the re-election of Donald Trump. And uh, they're right. It's going to be devastating. And, uh, of course, I enjoy it. I think it's fantastic. You know, um, the Democrat Party has always been the party of irony. Uh, why stop now, right? <laughs> so let's let them do what they're going to do. Let the Democrats be Democrats. Because, and why are they doing this impeachment, Ari? Repeat after me. <laughs> because, because they, they have, have nothing, nothing else. else. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we did not rehearse that. We did not rehearse that. That's amazing. Drink. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really funny. Ah, great seizures. We folks. literally did not rehearse that. I, and, and he said, because they, and I thought, oh my gosh. We're going to do this together. <laughs> and it was, in, it was in harmony, I believe. <laughs> oh, man, that's hysterical. It was so funny. The only thing I think was in doubt was whether we would stick the landing on the rhythmic timing. Right, exactly. And we did. Oh, that's beautiful. Because I slowed but, down you know, for the you. Funny thing you sped up for me. And <laughs> but they, they could have, we could have said the same thing, the substance of it, but we could have chosen different words, right? right. You could have said... They ain't got nothing, yeah, know-how or whatever. Lose the election. Go, yeah. yeah, their yeah. candidates this, suck. This is a desperate move. <laughs> that they, but we said it exactly the same word, so that's really great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so I mean, but it's true, right? I mean, this is what I would love for the Trump campaign. While he's on the stump speeches in, you know, his various rallies and such, just to get the audience to say, because they have nothing else, right? And just mock the Democrats and use that as a campaign to, to basically show, look at how desperate these guys are. They've got nothing else. They, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to be convicted. I'm not going to be leaving the White House. And it would be such a great play. Let's see what he does with it. Yeah, it's so bad for them that they spend the first, what, six months of the campaign railing against millionaires and billionaires. And now they have two billionaires who have swooped in to try to save it for them. Yeah, exactly. and we're supposed to think they got something. It's hysterical. <laughs> and by the, something, I don't mean in the Trump impeachment case. I mean a plan that would appeal to anyone. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen the new Mike Bloomberg ads that are running wall to wall here in California. No, I have not. Okay, they're hilarious because all they do is they just spout sort of. Vague ideas, but they don't say whether or not the dude would believe in them, implement them, or if they're part of his plan. So it's kind of like Mike Bloomberg, good jobs, fair wages, good housing, safe communities, 
you know, uh, it, yeah, who, who it, was it, a, just, it just phrases. Yeah, who is know? up for that? How, right. How does he make it happen? I mean, he would have to, I mean, he could ha- argue that, look, I was mayor of New York and uh, look at all the great stuff I did. But he's not even focusing on that, which is interesting, interesting, right? But nevertheless, okay, so maybe he's, he's you know, riding the coattails of Donald Trump because he's a billionaire too. And you would think, well, you know, billionaires get things done. <laughs> and, and the proof of that is, is Donald Trump. It reminds me a little of the Simpsons episode where uh, Sideshow Bob is running for mayor of Springfield right against uh, Mayor Quimby. <laughs> and this is after uh, Sideshow Bob has been you know, convicted several times for trying to kill Bart and otherwise destroy the, the, the town. And, and Sideshow Bob runs an ad saying that Mayor Quimby released, you know, a two-time convicted felon, you know, Sasho Bob, <laughs> that, that he released Sasho Bob from prison, and, he's, and that's a good reason to not vote for Sasho. Oh, my gosh. It was for Mayor Quimby. It was really funny. Anyway, that's, it's kind of like this, uh, this chutzpah that's going on. All right. Look. And the other thing to look at is the, you know, the impeachment, of course, is they, they really truly have nothing else. That's why it was so easy for us to resonate together uh, in syncopation and in harmony as we did. I was expecting you simply to repeat what I was going to say. And, and you would agree. And, you know, we, we'd all be kumbaya. But, but that was really lovely. So uh, they, they don't have anything else. And the notion that the Democrats think that this will impress the nation is, I would say, cute if it weren't so stupid. Look what happened in England just last week. Oh, don't mention that. They don't need... (laughs) Democrats don't need you to tell them about that. They they have no interest in learning. Learning from their own mistakes, on the one hand, and learning from the mistakes of others. Yeah, in case the audience doesn't know, and that's a joke because you have the most informed audience there is... Why don't you tell them what exactly happened in England last Wednesday, <laughs> yes, Thursday, that's a good point. We California that. time? Is, okay. It's a little interesting, is it not? I don't know what word to use other than um, the word slaughter comes to mind. Landslide is too uh, modest. I'm thinking Genghis Khan, Kublai Khan, <laughs> Attila right. the Hun, that's Hiroshima. Right. <laughs> oh, maybe. oh, Hiroshima. That's good. Oh, that's no, good. no, 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 no. Uh, wrong. Chernobyl. It's that scene. No, Chernobyl's good, but thank you, not, thank you. That scene in Star Wars where the Death Star blows up Alderaan. <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of that's what happened. Good. Yeah, that's right. I heard a thousand voices cry out in pain. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. And okay. then Jeremy Corbyn was silenced. <laughs> so that the essence is, of course, that uh, uh, Boris Johnson did a brilliant uh, political move by calling for snap elections and wiped out virtually all of the Labor Party in one night, okay, of glorious conservative uh, policies. It was beautiful. And now Boris Johnson has not just a mandate, but he just is going to govern easily with this fantastic parliament. So not only is he going to uh, force a hard Brexit for uh, England and basically bring the EU to its knees and say, what what can we do for you, sir? How can we make this as easy as possible for you, sir? It's, the turnabout is so delicious. But not only is, is uh, 
uh, Boris Johnson is going to be able to force a hard Brexit, but he'll also be able to uh, push for more conservative policies within England itself. It's fantastic. Immigration, you name it, uh, employment, um, uh, you know, the privatization of industry. Uh, it's, it's, it's so good for the British right now. And, and what a beautiful turnabout. It's just gorgeous. So yeah. anyway, that's, that's the story. Now, uh, now, going back to our own Democrats, I was saying that you, you know, they, they're unable to learn from their own mistakes. Okay? They, they, for example, Hillary Clinton lost so badly to Trump, uh, despite this an amazing, uh, all the predictions that the polls said that she was, had a 99% chance of winning and so forth, and what a disaster it was for her. She was, they were just so wrong. They could not have been more wrong. And you would think they would learn from that, like, oh, let's study how we were wrong. How did we get the polling wrong, for one thing, and how do we believe our own BS? Okay? Just study it. How can we—maybe maybe our Democrat policies, putting aside that we had a lousy candidate, maybe our Democrat policies are not resonating with the American people. Could that be the reason why we lost in 2016? No, no, no. They're not interested in that. Instead, they said, of course, the American people love our policies. And the only way we lost is because this, this bad orange man, uh, you know, colluded with the Russians and now colluded with Ukrainians and otherwise uh, was obstructing justice in every way you can imagine. And that's the reason why we lost. OK, so it's and, and now Brexit, not Brexit, the uh, British elections happen and they they don't bother learning from that. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from Brexit. Uh, sorry, the British elections. A lot. And uh, by the way, there's also a lot to be learned about Brexit, <laughs> literally, because people don't want this kumbaya union with the rest of the world. We, we are not interested in, in joining forces and becoming one nation uh, as, as, a, as a world. I'm not interested in being a world citizen. Thank you very much. I'm interested in being an American and a Jew and a mountain biker, and a lacrosse player, and a vegan, let's say, and a lawyer. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in being one with the universe. Yeah, okay? you don't want to be, even be one with me. Other <laughs> than American and Jew, meat eater, non-mountain biker, golfer, you, don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, We're I, individuals. That's not to say, that, th that, that's not, that's not to say right? that I'm not very attracted to you, Ari. You're a very good-looking man, but... All the same, I don't want to be with you right. in that way. How many times do I have to say this? Right. Right, right he says. Yeah. And yet, you come on to me all the time. Yeah, but I we're just, both I don't married know. to other men, and sometimes <laughs> I like to dabble. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we're both married to non-gender conforming entities. Nor gender confused <laughs> entities. Nor are we gender confused <laughs> uh, yeah, but and we love them well very taken. much. We don't want to be part of a one-world government ruled by Saint Greta the Pious. Okay, so that's right? the point. Yeah. So that's the point. And they don't. The, the Democrats don't get that lesson. Look, when I was younger, as a, as a child, I I would. My mom told me something very wise, uh, which is, listen, it's great to learn from your mistakes. That's great, but it's even better to learn from other people's mistakes, right? You know, they, you know, Johnny tried to cheat uh, the government here, and now he's in jail. Okay, don't do what Johnny did, right? Uh, <clears throat> so, <laughs> it's like The Simpsons says, don't do what Johnny don't does. <laughs> and then Bart says, they could have made this more clear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. Anyway, the point is, you, you learn the lesson from what Johnny does. 
and or this case it doesn't do and whatever and that's the best kind of learning right so here's something that happened across the pond that was so devastating that they they don't bother to figure out this could happen to our party the democrat party in november 2020 and they have no interest in learning from it instead they push hard harder they double down on the impeachment process and they think they can fool us again. If there's one lesson to be learned from the British election, if there's only one takeaway, is that you can't fool the people. You cannot. They did not buy it. They, uh, it was a, a, a fantastic uh, segment yesterday on Tucker Carlson uh, with, I forget what his name. Paul Embry. Thank you, Paul letter, Embry. That column. Yeah, that, in that column. And they talked about how this notion that we would be somehow excited about a campaign of diversity, multiculturalism, um, environmentalism, and all those things. They weren't excited about it. That, that was not our value system. It was a cultural attack. What the, what the liberals are doing is a cultural attack. It's about the destruction of family. It's about the destruction of nationhood. It's about the destruction of uh, civil society, generally speaking. And it's one thing to say, look, you know, I want to, I want to encourage, uh, you know, the government to help assist with the, the, the poor and so on like that, okay, which we, you and I disagree with. But it's another thing to say that everything that, that we believe in is upside down and we should completely revolutionize, revolutionize the way we, we look at our own culture. That's, that's a completely anathema to us and apparently to the British populace as well. They, that the Democrats did not take a lesson, have not taken a lesson from that. They want to forget that that happened as quickly as possible. And, and, and the Democrats are always in the business of making sure that you forget what just happened. So uh, if there's a I major success... right there. That is such a brilliant point. I mean... Thank you. That is, that's the essence of everything here. Yeah. That's the difference. That's what conservatism versus... Whatever the, the Democrats are, I don't want to use the word liberalism because that's a misnomer. There's nothing liberal about that. We are constantly trying to conserve the memory and traditions of what works. Right. Works and works. They are constantly trying to get you to forget everything we try to just remind you of. Right. And then they tell you what bigots we are and what bigots anyone who is reminded of the things we remind them of are by remembering. Right. That's the essence that's right. of it. Whatever, that's it. Yeah, whatever success we have, and that's part of their projection game, by the way, whatever sex, success we have, uh, they want to quickly diminish it right away. So uh, the, the, the British Parliament, uh, for example, the, the recent, and then the fantastic employment numbers and everything else that just recently, they all happened kind of at the same time. It was an amazing week for Trump uh, and for the conservatives generally throughout the, this great world of ours. Uh, is then they quickly said, you know what? We're going to advance the impeachment hearings. We're going to move forward as quickly yeah, as possible. They want to lurch to the next media crisis. Yeah. So. And, and oh, you've already, they've gotten you to forget, uh, not you, but right. in the, the royal you, the, the uh, IG report last week. Good point. The, the IG report comes out. First thing that happens is Comey says, this clears me. Then you actually read it. No, you screwed up 17 times. <laughs> exactly. Now on Sunday, he goes on Fox News and says, you know, Chris Wallace, <coughs> this might blow your mind, but I think I was wrong, right? <laughs> and then he, 
Yeah. Basically so says, but I was wrong because blame Donald Trump for everything. Right. Right. Do you accept responsibility? Would you have resigned? No. It's like it's like Why? the it's like the husband who beats his wife, and then says, uh, you know, well, you made me do it. Yeah, right. If like, you had not overcooked the steak, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have two black eyes. So, yeah, so so we're both at fault here. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. Anyway, but but the point is that they don't learn from these mistakes, and they don't that they want to quickly dazzle you with the latest shiny new objects so that you can distract yourself. It's a little bit like I, I remember when when we were younger, um, my uh, brother, who's a great guy, by the way. I mean, we we love each other very deeply. He's he's a great guy. But at the time, he he wanted a little bit more attention from my parents, and uh, I would say a joke or tell a funny story at the uh, dining room table at dinner, and uh, you know we would start laughing because the story might be funny, and my my brother would jump in and right away try to change the subject because he didn't want the attention drawn to me. He didn't he wanted to draw it to himself, and my my father at one point caught it right away and he said, "Don't do that again. That's not cool." Let the moment breathe. Let Barack enjoy his moment. And we can all kind of like ah, study it and kind of think that how funny that was. Don't, don't, don't steal it. And in a similar way, the Democrats do that all the time, right? Every single success. They cannot, first of all, they will never acknowledge any success, whether it's uh, the jobs numbers or the stock market or our fantastic uh, Mexican trade deal now that's about to be passed again. Uh, our relationship with China, our relationship with Israel, how fantastic that's going. Uh, or the fact that uh, black Americans now, it's what, 35% approval rate for Donald Trump, which Oops. is about, what, <laughs> six times more than, <clears throat> than you, it is normally for, speaking for Republicans. This is awesome, and they cannot talk about it. Now, if they were to say, look, the employment figures... Uh, seem to suggest a high numbers, but what are those jobs? And uh, we, we look deep into those numbers. Those are faulty numbers. That It's all a big lie. Um, and we can do better than this. Uh, and yet, whatever. I mean, they, they, can, they can play that game. But, but instead, what they should be doing, obviously, is to understand, listen, this works. This resonates with the American people. We ought to be redefining our platform uh, by saying, hey, look, we want to go back to the days of John Kennedy. That's what they should be doing. They should be talking about spreading liberty, liberty um, you know, but, you know, with a touch of government uh, involvement. I get it. That's what Democrats do. Um, but they can't do it. They, they, they're, so, they're so hardened that the clay has hardened so to speak, right? They can't mold themselves they've back. They've made that face too much, and now it stayed that way. <laughs> exactly. Right? Good point. Good point. Yeah, they've done too much. They, they, um, and the more accurate uh, approach is that there's been too much plastic surgery, and they can't go back to what they used to be. Yeah, and, and, that's and, and they're a hideous monster yeah, in the process. Too, it's too much radicalism that they've gotten too comfortable with, like a pair of comfortable old wet, soggy shoes. And it, you know, if I was advising them, it would be. Dudes, be normal. Yeah. Get someone normal. Yeah. Return to something normal. Embrace the normal. Not that and, I, not and that I... eradicate all the bizarreness. Yeah. Because no one wants the bizarreness. And then be honest. Get rid of this. This. Confront the media yourselves. Now they are the media, but stop lying to us. Right. 
you, you know, you said earlier, you don't fool us. You yeah, know, so stop using the the media mechanisms to fool us, insult our intelligence, nudge us into more, ever more bizarre, you know, lifestyles. It's it, it's that was sort of the. Uh, the meat of what uh, Carlson read about the Embry column that stuck, struck me so well was one line where he said, normal people understand heroin is more dangerous than CO2. Yeah, okay. And, so, and that's so, the essence yeah, yeah. of so, it. So, uh, and not just to follow up on my previous thought about uh, get somebody normal. Not that I like this man that I'm about to mention, but <clears throat> from a uh, presidential point of view, he was their normal and his name is Bill Clinton. <clears throat> he did not push forward with radical agendas. He had to play ball with the conservatives, and then, of course, you know, went in front of that parade. Fine, I I, <clears throat> I respect that. He has to do he had to do what he had to do. But he didn't play the Obama game. He didn't uh, play what would be the Bernie Sanders game or the Joe Biden game, for that matter. Or we wouldn't have done the Jimmy Carter or the Al Gore. He was Bill Clinton, and all he cared about was power and being loved. And if it took adopting conservative positions to do so and then claiming it as Democrat positions, so be it. And he did it. That would be the normal. But I think he's the last one. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to present another Bill Clinton. Look, we just saw in Israel and now in England uh, the death of the respective labor parties. I mean, in Israel, the labor party is exactly the same as the labor party in England. It's the the leftist approach, and <laughs> and they got destroyed. I want the, to. There is no, there is no labor party in Israel anymore. Yeah, to I speak of. Hold on, let me finish. Right. It's only four percent. They got literally four percent of the vote in the last two elections. That that's a story that you don't hear. You what you do hear is that the. Israel elections are so close, and we have to have another third election, which is an, it's interesting enough in and of itself. I get it. But the, the lost story is that the Labor Party is no more. It, and I don't think it'll ever revive itself. It is gone. Yeah, it had to change its name to, or essentially there's a party called the Blue and White Party. Well, but it's not. Which, it, yeah, which it's not. Is, no, hold, hold, it, they didn't change the name. Ari, you're wrong. No, it's, it's a different party, but it's the kind of thing where it's a lame rebranding of what the labor was with a uh, a more normal facade. Right. The Labor Party had gone the wrong direction. Right. And that's the point, and they rejected them. It's actually, no, it's a, it's a, it's a turnabout. Now, there are, there are some people who had voted for Labor who are now voting for Blue and White, but that's okay. But nevertheless, Blue and White is a very different platform than what the Labor Party proposed. Now, in England, the Labor Party is going poof. It's just, it's going to disappear just the way that is the, uh, in the Israeli Labor Party has gone poof. Uh, because the policies are so bizarre. Now, what, what is... I love the American system. I think the American system, the president being a strong executive branch and so forth, I think it's a better system. One thing that is good in the parliamentary system, and this is the only thing, is that the feedback is quicker from the, American, from the, uh, from the population that's voting. Uh, and you can have these snap elections, and you can have these no-confidence votes, and so on. So there's a lot more real-time reaction to government policies. And that's what happened with Brexit. That's what is, it just happened now with the, the big elections that, that happened in, in England. So 
you, you have this feedback uh, a little bit faster than we would have in America. I still like the and prefer the presidential system that we have. I think it's stronger for many other reasons. Yeah, it's a little more stable. Right. The, the but going back to what you were saying before about the news media, um, and, and this is the breathtaking part of it, they, I don't know where to begin. It's, it's so funny. I guess I'll just start from this point. They still believe that the news media is a powerful force and that when MSNBC says X, you know, and that Trump has said this with no evidence whatsoever, you know, quote unquote, uh, that we will just repeat this because, you know, we're that stupid. Yeah, we'll and, say we're always at war with East Eurasia. Right, right. right. Yes. <laughs> We've always same, been at war with Oceania. Exactly. You know, whatever. And that's a reference to 1984. Same thing with CNN, same thing with all the, with, um, uh, you know, the Daily Beast and so on. They, they, they trot out these things and they expect you to just swallow it. And, and we don't. And so they use this phrase, fake news. You know, fake news is a reaction by the Democrats because the truth is actually coming out. Because you can't tell me for a moment that there are more sources of information, more, a hell of a lot more, thousands if not millions of more sources of information, and that somehow we are getting less accurate information than when it was only three networks on, on, you know, for half an hour, only, only 15 of which was actual news that was not Israel hating related, right? And the, the other part was uh, some sort of human interest story that didn't matter. So for 15 minutes, we were getting the news, and you're telling me that was not fake news? That's right. Give me, give yeah. me a break. So, that, so just to wrap up my thought on this, the, the problem for the Democrats is that the fake news mantra that they're saying, that's the truth coming out. Okay, there's a famous line, uh, there's a good joke. What, it was, <clears throat> what is an objection in, in legal terms? Objection is the sound that a lawyer makes when he realizes that truth is about to come out, <laughs> right? right? Objection. You know? Yeah. It's, it's very funny and, you know, to some extent true. We don't want this coming in because the truth is Boy, the, that's the truth to- Yeah, let's go back in the Wayback Machine that the media doesn't want you to remember about three weeks. Uh, remember when ABC found a whistleblower who blew a whistle on that the Jeffrey Epstein story? Good, good example. And then they scream, objection, rather than – and we did a podcast about this. Right. And the point I made was that, that was their choice. That was their moment where they could have gone the way of Tylenol and said, we should have been better. We will be better. We're going to air the entire story. We're going to come clean that we covered this up. We're going to – the out the outs and name the names and we're going to be better than the but no not only did they not do that they then called cbs and had them fire the alleged whistleblower cbs did it turns out it was the wrong person and they fired a woman without any cause in the middle of the me too movement it's like keystone cops <laughs> right, on right. steroids so let's like, not get oh distracted let's not get derailed but right but, but that's the media I, 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 get, for you. I get your point and it is all about this fake news, and it's it's a way again of distracting and forgetting. Yes, the, the great, distract, the, forget the party of distraction and forgetting, uh, and that's what it is. Okay, so look, they will con- continue doing this, but they'll never learn. You have to learn from your own mistakes, and learn from the mistakes of others. If you can do that, you will lead a very successful life. And if you're a political party you will succeed very well with your base. And for that matter, bring on other people from that are not in your base. That's the way it works. 
And, and look at, how, by contrast, the Republican Party, for all its foibles and mistakes in the past, and they've made plenty, no doubt about it, but all the mistakes that they've made are similar when you think about it. When they don't listen to what their base wants, <clears throat> such as you know when Romney didn't listen, when Bush, to a lesser extent, but he didn't listen either, uh, <clears throat> bad things happen. We got punished at the ballot box in a big way. Trump listens to the people. He understands exactly what's going on. He's got his ear to the ground, and great things have happened as a result. And so they, the people love Trump, not so much because, I mean, partly because he's adopting policies that work. That's true. He's, he's delivered more jobs. He's de, you know, delivered strength to America, better relationships with our allies, putting our enemies to heal. All that is true. But I think, Ari, what, why they really love him, why they truly love him, is because they sense that he's listening to them. And he actually follows through uh, with what they are telling him. That's why they love him. And that's why so many people are coming to him, whether they're black or Hispanic or Jewish or gay or whatever, even some transgendered. Uh, they are coming in huge numbers to uh, President Trump in particular because they feel like he's one of us. He, he can connect with us. We, we understand him, and he understands us. And he's not going to BS us like all these other people do. It's not meet the new boss, same as the old boss. That is so freaking refreshing to so many people. And that's why you and I, I mean, think about it. You know, when we had podcasts before the election, you and I were both concerned about this Trump guy. We, you know, I voted for him. You stayed out of it for a while. But by golly, we are super duper excited uh, about this Trump guy. We, we're going to be pounding on doors. We're going to be doing what we can to help Trump get reelected. Uh, we, we feel both very confident that he, he will. But nevertheless, we are excited. We are rah-rah. And the fact that we are rah-rah about this means that everyone else will be too. The Democrats, by contrast... They, they believe their own BS so much that they, they literally think that people are adopting their mantra of diversity and multiculturalism and sexualism and, and sexualizing their children. And uh, I mean, the things that are going on. Yeah, fecal matter on the streets, homeless bums, vagrancy. You think we want that? I mean, it's uh, weird. Like, it's uh, weird. Uh, it's it's. In frigging sane. Yeah. And then to think that you said, you know, a minute ago, this was a great line. You know, you said, look who's coming to Trump. Black people, white people, Jewish people. I want to add, uh, West L.A. white liberals yeah. are going to Trump. Why? Because their, ex their experience, their emotional, physical, actual, and intellectual experience, walking around their own city and seeing this destruction that is happening. This, this, these piles of crap, the, the, the piles of garbage, the vagrancy, the filth, the crime, the destruction, and they're going because they feel it, know it. They're going when Trump talks about the way San Francisco or Los Angeles looks on the ground. Now he's talking about what their yeah, experiences, they see it. They see it. and they see their own party, the party of the weird, doing nothing but making more of that. 
Right. And telling us how great they are at the environment. Oh, you know, we've talked about this before. How could any party have that absolute unmitigated gall to say we're pro clean air, clean water, clean environment, and then have a city where there's piles of garbage everywhere right. just going into the storm and they drains? Expect you to be, and they expect you to be all excited and agitated and fired up uh, about a phone call that the president had with the president of Ukraine to the effect of, well, I think he meant that he's not going to deliver money to the Ukrainians that was promised unless Ukraine, you know, dug up some dirt on Joe Biden, his rival. Okay. Uh, Guess what? The American people don't give a crap about that. If anything, they applaud him for it. Like, wait a minute. We want you to show that you're not going to waste our money when we give you billions of dollars and that you're not going to funnel it to some sort of, uh, you know, strongmen in your country. That, that's cool. I'm actually good with that. Right. right? Who's then going to kick it back to the family of a Democrat? Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't need that. But, but even, even if it's exactly as the Democrats want to portray it, they don't give a crap. This is too unimportant to them. And the fact that the, their, their leadership in the Democrat Party is, is throwing all their effort and what is it putting all the marbles into this uh eggs in one basket, eggs in one basket. Yeah. i mean it's it's so obscene and the the average voter has got to be rolling his eyes and 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 they are and they are getting excited about trump because trump is delivering first of all but more importantly because he's listening to the people and this is a very powerful point i want to wrap this up with one uh kind of somewhat of a different uh concept today and I want, when we had a podcast many, many moons ago, Ari, we talked about how when I was young, 10, 11 years old, I I thought to myself, you know, the rest of the world would be so much better off if they simply adopted our constitution, right? I mean, obviously adjust it for things that are no longer in play, like slavery, for example. We don't need to have three-fifths of a vote for this, you know, it's all that stuff. But I'm talking about, you know, just just adopt our constitution. Bill of Rights stuff, you know, speech. No, 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 no. With the um, with the with the chambers of you know the checks and balances and everything. Yeah, else, the branches of government and the know. impeachment process, all that all that stuff. Put it all in there and adopt it, obviously for your respective languages, and you're good to go. And I thought everyone should adopt our system. Yeah. And then you know when I was older, you know, 19 or so, I thought, oh my gosh, I look back at. When I was 10 or 11, I thought, wow, that is so uh, ethnocentric and so... Uh, patriarchal. Patriarchal, whatever. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's, see what it's... college did to your brain. <laughs> wait, wait. So I thought, you know, everyone to their own thing and what works here in America doesn't necessarily work, you know, somewhere else. And I, I, I played that game. And now, not now, but I mean, for many years now, I thought, you know what? I was right when I was 11. Yep. And, and you know what? The proof of that is that everyone wants to come here. Every single country has hundreds of thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not millions of people who would die to just get into this country. They obviously love America, and they are willing to uproot their entire lives so long as America could tell them, hey, yeah, sure, come on and live here. Absolutely. And they'll do it illegally if they have to. So that's that's my point there. Now, I had a conversation with my son, and he said, 
you know, it's interesting. You go down to Mexico, you cross the border, and it's as if you go back in time. And I thought that was, that's really true. You do, you have a sense of like, wow, it's the year 2019. And the, the people are hawking their wares and the kind of products that they're selling is, is so bizarre. And the, the state of medicine is so bad. And all the things that, that are, the potholes, it's 2019 and this is where they are. And it made me think of this, sorry. And this is an analogy. When you look into the night sky, okay, you see a bunch of stars, right? You and I know that if you actually think about it, it's very interesting. You're looking at a bunch of different time periods, aren't you? That star is two light years away. That star over there is 200,000 light, light years away. That's as it was 200,000 years ago, in other words, right? Because by the time it reaches our eyes, it, it may have blown up or whatever. But what you're seeing is 200,000 years ago. Yeah. And, and it's really fascinating. It, it blows your mind in a sense. You are seeing this bizarre time thing. And, and all of them are different times. Every single one of them is at a different time. You're seeing them as they were in different points in their history. Weird, right? Blows your mind a little bit. And, and in some ways, now, now the analogy, when you go to a different countries other than America, it's as if you travel into different points in time, right? Mexico is, is more modern than, let's say, Bangladesh, <laughs> all right? Or, or Sri Lanka, or, or Afghanistan. Afghanistan, right? But they're all in like these different phases of history, right? If you go to Afghanistan, that's a good, good point. You, you might as well be traveling back in time to the medieval times, right? And horses, and the only thing that, that, that shows that it's more modern is because they have guns, okay? And iPhones but even to then, film their, their savage atrocities. <laughs> right, exactly. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> But in terms of the actual infrastructure and the, the, there are countries out there that have no running water. I mean, it's, it's so mind-blowing. But each country has, you know, only America and Israel are truly in the year 2019, so to speak, where, where like they should England be. got there last week, too. Yeah, and exactly, good point. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you look at these, these European countries, even Germany, which is, you know, and, and to some extent, they're behind. I mean, you look at their laws and their systems and you think... This is not working. It's, it's you know, they, they may speak English well. They, they may eat a certain way. I get it. But from an infrastructure point of view, they're, they're like behind. And, and maybe they're less behind than other countries like, like Afghanistan or Pakistan and all these other countries that we're talking about. But they're behind. Every country in some way or another is way behind America. And it, it's not just a couple years. It's decades behind America. And the difference is only whether they're 50 years behind America or 200 or 300 years behind America. And in, in Afghanistan's case, 1,000 years behind America. So in a way, when you travel to these different countries, you know, putting aside the safety concerns, if you were to travel to each of these countries, just like the stars in the sky, you're going to different time planets. Yeah, I'd like to say instead of travel, which is deadly, I'd say if you could grab the light coming right. into your eye from right. these different countries. Good. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would see. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You, you could know, somehow see. The year see... 600, the year 2019, the year 1200, the right. year 1960. That's a good point. Yeah, throw, throw yeah. them up in the sky, and there's Hungary, there's Canada, there's Israel, there's Afghanistan, and you would see them in different time zones, so to speak. And, you know, I wish them well. I wish they would catch up with us already. Yeah. And the only way to catch up, and we now know it, it's like it, it bothers me so much when. When you know the answer, I mean, you ever have a friend of yours 
and and they're doing something yes. that is it, at, that either so obnoxious or it ca- they always get in trouble. And you say to them, and you say to yourself, or at least you say to your wife, "Gosh, if only Charlie did X." Barack, aren't I that friend in your life? Well, that's true. I didn't yeah, want to so. embarrass you. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> if only he didn't do X or she didn't do X, right? Uh, I mean, I, I know several uh, women, uh, my wife and I know several women that are single and they'll always be single because they're doing X, right? Or they're not doing X. And it's like, you, you just, oh, crap, why don't you just, Yeah. And if only you were, if only you smiled a little bit more, you know, if only you didn't, weren't so demanding and acoustic only- to every man that you're dating, it just... You know, there's a reason why you're a single, lady. Yeah, stop feminizing. Feminizing. You know feminizing, what I mean? yeah. Whatever that word yeah. is. Not feminizing, because that's what they're doing, too. But stop practicing feminism, and maybe men would want you. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, 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 men, and, and I know a guy, uh, for example, putting aside the dating world, where he's constantly getting in legal trouble, and he's getting in fights all the time, and... Uh, we'll call him. Uh, we'll call him Charlie. Okay. Yeah, so, Char- stop drinking. <laughs> yeah, and, and we get news about him all the time. Like, <laughs> like there goes Charlie. That's just Charlie. Drinking I mean, it's Charlie. Yeah. So Charlie well, a pop. And he doesn't even drink. That's the that's a problem. No, it's he, just his attitude. Yeah. And it's just he sees danger everywhere. <laughs> and he's going to kill everyone. And he always gets in fights all the time. I mean, it's it's hysterical. <sighs> if only he just, you know, just saw good in people. For example, that would change things. So that's the way it is with. When I think about these other countries, they are so insistent on their ways, whatever it is. That's the way we do things. Well, your ways suck, okay? This, this clan stuff that's going on in Afghanistan, for example, your tribal loyalty. And we have to talk to the tribal leader and we have to show him respect the same way. You know what? F that. Your, your tribalism, your, your clanism is leading to uh, rape and the destruction of womankind and does not allow for any civil liberties, we reject that way of thinking. You know, it's, it's even in Star Trek, you know, the old uh, Star Trek, the original one with William Shatner, I love the episodes where they go to these different planets and uh, these horrific despotic regimes are in control, either by a computer or some guy who is pretending to be in control. And Shatner, uh, the, the Kirk character, uh, destroys them and changes them. And then you have Spock saying, well, sir, isn't this a violation of the prime directive? And he says, I don't give a crap. <laughs> he says, you know, these, these people were living under tyrannical regime. That's not freedom. That's not what the prime directive is about. And I love that about that. And, and you, we do get to judge. And I'm judging these other countries. I'm saying, you know, until you, when you see that democracy works, when you see it, well, you know it because you're dealing with America all the time. You, you want to even live here all the time. And then you dare to tell us that, that, that our system is, not as, as, is just as good as your crazy system. I reject that. I think we should all be just adopt the, the American Constitution. Yes, you can have your culture. No one's saying you should that France should not have its baguettes yeah, and do crux it in your messieurs. language. Have do your, it in your wine language, and your bread, but yeah. do a constitutional <clears throat> republic with freedom for all. How about that? Right. And you know what's so funny about what you're saying? What's going through my mind is look how by taking the argument they generally make, the multiculturalist view, they're basically dehumanizing human beings. Yeah. Because right. are That's we right. all human beings or not? Well, are, that, we, uh, are, we, yeah. are we different from the animals? I know they want us not to be, 
you know, with the rights for pigs and monkeys and this and that and the others to have legal rights, you know, to get out of a zoo or something. But are we human beings or not? Do yeah. we have things in common or not? If we have things in common and things work here and work well here and everyone wants it, why can't they have it there? Right. Bingo. Right. And, and and I resent these other countries for not seeing this. It's it's an epiphany, but it's, it shouldn't be that hard to, to get this epiphany, this clarity. Let's put it this way. When we were, when Americans were just developing the American Constitution and this notion of democracy and people should govern themselves and so forth, by the people, for the people, and so on, I can understand at the time, like, wow, this is a bold concept. I wonder if it'll work. Yeah, how okay? it'll work with no king. Yeah. How it'll work with no royal lineage right. or and, royal family. And the, and the English thought, that is crazy. Good luck to you, even after they had to uh, um, surrender in the Revolutionary War. And in the War of 1812, you know, good luck, that sort of thing. You'll be back, you know, like in the Hamilton movie, right, uh, play. And, and it turned out, after 200 and uh, almost 50 years, that, you know what, it's not bad. In fact, it's fantastic. In fact, England now looks to us as the major power. And that's wonderful, right? And they want to adopt our ways. And, and not only has it worked in America, but we've spread democracy throughout the world. So obviously it works. So they had an excuse back then, but they don't have an excuse now. Now you know better. Yeah, now you have empirical evidence, proof. Yeah. Science. That's right. You know, you, the you, science is settled. The science is settled. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, you, you would never expect that from, you know, from, you know, 97% of historians agree that the science is settled, that democracy works. Yeah. Right? How why, about that? Why not? Oh, so, what and, a great point. Right? Isn't that fun? So, but they want to forget. This is the party. Remember? The party of I forgetting. I wrote it down. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I just reject this notion, and I'm, I'm fascinating that, that and I, I, I make no apologies for the greatness of America. One last thing, and then we'll, we'll sign off. Here is something that I really want all of our listeners to think about. It's not just that the American system works and works better by far than every other country's system. Not just that. It also means very different personalities of the citizens themselves. What do I mean by that? I put it to you, Ari, that Americans as a people, as individuals, are far more creative, far more charitable, far more kind, far, far more analytical, and far more happy, and far more funny, okay? And, and funny, yeah, exactly. All these, all these things, far more. I, and, I, and I saw that myself when I lived in Germany. We lived in Germany in the early 80s for a year and a half or so. And we were very entrenched in German society. I had a German girlfriend, no less. And the humor of the Germans, there is some humor there. It was nothing like American humor. Like when, when for example, the um, baby on board, those bumper stickers, that started in Germany. People don't know that. It actually started saying, baby on board. That's uh, a little sign. And everyone respected it and everything else. Eventually, those bumper stickers in English, of course, came to America. And it was mocked so wildly. And they were talking ex-husband and trunk, you know, that sort of thing. And um, and who do they think they are? That just because you're a baby, you know, I'm I, I 
I'm otherwise reckless, but because you have a baby there, I'm not going to be as reckless as I... I mean, there's so much analysis and humor associated with that. And I thought, that's so American. It is so American to do that. Whereas in Germany, they kind of accept things the way things are. And it was it's so important to them for that. Same thing in France, to a lesser extent in England. But Japan, it's, too. Yeah, Japan. We, we are very... What's the word I'm looking for? We're very American. It's not just that we belong in a certain territorial thing and we therefore call, call ourselves American. We are American. It has, it has so much more meaning than just our geopolitical territory. We are Americans. And I love that about it. And the whole world needs to come to understand how to become an American, so to speak. They need to adopt our system. And if, if they did, we would have no more wars. We would have growth up the wazoo because there's a hell of a lot of talent out there that's just not being tapped. They're instead being enslaved, instead being raped, instead being murdered. All these terrible things are happening. And the world needs to tap into it. They need to get out of their respective time zones, from the medieval ages especially, and even for that matter, the early 1900s. Oh, it's, so, it's so rich, just from that one conversation I had with my son. I'm Brock Lurie, signing off, and we'll talk with you next week.